1: Back with me, Michelle Martin. This is Your Money. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning. Following an overnight retreat on Wall Street, Tokyo is down 0.4%. Sydney and Seoul are trading higher, though. Here at home, the Straits Times Index has been riding a winning streak. More about that in a bit, but first, joining me now as we break down all the action. Ryan Huang, Uh, when did you start with your emergency fund?
0: I am still storing it under my pillow. (laughs)
1: I didn't ask where, but thanks for telling me. We begin this morning with one of Singapore's most prominent companies, a conglomerate known for its offshore marine business, property development, asset management unit, and more recently, its failed attempt to purchase the non-media assets of us here, Singapore Press Holdings. I'm talking, of course, about Keppel Corp. Well, this morning, Keppel is back in the news with more details on how it plans to simplify its business. In a letter published this morning in the company's annual report, Keppel's CEO, Lo Chin Hua, writes that Keppel is focusing on a pivot towards, quote, an asset-light model as it embarks on an asset monetization program. So in layman terms, it means that Keppel is putting business units and other assets on the auction block we know what's for sale.
0: <laughs> so, it is talking about asset monetization and this all around going towards an asset like model. And we've seen that playing out in the past few months where it has been you know, and just selling some of its um, assets to recycle its capital to put it into parts of the business it believes will be the future for capital corporation So, that is where it is going to be playing a part in this. Vision 2030 and effectively simplifying the business, focusing on what would be the future growth engines like renewable energy, greener solutions, urbanization, sustainability. So all those things will help to make earnings less lumpy in a way more predictable and um, just helping to give more predictability for investors with recurring income. So that's what's playing out for Capo and it's been having quite a good year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite recent challenges, it's reported a net profit of $1 billion for FY 2021. And that reverses from a loss of nearly $500 million in the prior year.
1: All right. While Keppel is selling off assets, on the one hand, it's still also on the hunt for mergers and acquisitions. In fact, a fortnight ago, it purchased all of the shares that it did not already own in a renewable energy company called Cleantech Solar Asia. What do you make of Keppel's strategy overall?
0: Okay, so when it does offload some of those assets, it will have money. And that is where you can perhaps look out for potential M&A. And this is what Keppel is Exploring right now, no concrete details yet, but it says it's well placed to seize opportunities in renewables, decarbonization solutions, urban renewal and connectivity. So you can imagine what could be the potential um, scenarios when we do see a deal happening it will be in those areas and it's also talking about how it's not shying away from markets which are facing challenges right now because effectively that means valuations prices will be more attractive and that is where it is looking perhaps at China where Mm. of course we've seen many negative headlines around what's happening around Evergrande with the property sector Uh, it is looking closely and remains optimistic about China so that's going to be one to watch in terms of uh, market allocation
1: Keppel reported a $1 billion profit for the past fiscal year as it bounced back from a net loss in 2020. And its share price is up 26% since January. On one other note about Keppel, and I hate to mention this one, but we need to. Earlier this week, two Bangladeshi workers passed away at a Keppel shipyard in Tuas after a scaffolding structure collapsed. The Ministry of Manpower is investigating. In other corporate news here at home, Ryan, can you imagine... Riding around town in your driverless taxi. Comfort Delgro is investing in autonomous vehicles. What's the latest here and would you jump on board?
0: Yeah, can you imagine a future without taxi drivers?
1: No, I like the conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, some of us do like the conversations. <laughs> perhaps the um, debate around government policies as well. So <laughs> that may be a thing of the past. At least we are one step close to it because Comfort Delgro is investing... million in autonomous vehicles. So this will be over the next five years. And what's in the pipeline is a bit of a test pilot where we will be seeing two all-electric self-driving robotaxis being deployed. And this will be happening in the first half of next year, subject to regulatory approvals. So you can imagine robotaxis going around. You just have to go in and I guess key in where you want to go. And that's that. No, just as simple as that. So if it does take off, you can imagine how that could play out for the rest of the taxi fleet in time to come.
1: A bold move. But this is Comfidelgro's fourth foray into this new tech frontier. By the way, there was an autonomous shuttle bus service, you might remember, over at NUS. That was trialed for a year in 2019. And uh, SBS Transit, which is a subsidiary of Comfort Delgro, also experimented with an on-demand shuttle bus service on Jurong Island back in 2021. So it looks like a very determined push in this area. Next up, Golden Mile is up for sale. Just saying that, and I feel like some Tom Yum already... For the offer price is less than many unit holders has, have been hoping for. So who wants to buy this iconic complex on Beach Road, Ryan? And how much are they willing to pay?
0: Yeah, when you mention Golden Mall, it really just stirs up so many memories, sometimes smells like mukata or any of your favourite snacks. So that is something that is quite iconic and it now has an offer on the table from a consortium comprising Far East organisation and perennial holdings they are talking about $700 million but the catch here is that is under the reserve price by $100 million so this is where it will now be at a bit of a crossroads where the collective sale committee will have to convince all the owners and we are talking about more than 700 of them owning Strata title units. Um, This will have to now convince all of them that this is the best offer they will get and they will have to accept it. And also to bear in mind, it's not just below the reserve price, but also below the independent valuation of the property. And uh, this is uh, as a result of a, f- uh, a few rounds of uh, discussions under private treaty discussion. So something that we'll, they'll have a lot to chew on.
1: Yep. Do you think the sale is going to go through under the reserve price?
0: Okay, so this is where I am leaning towards maybe.
1: Still sitting <laughs> firmly on maybe. his fence.
0: So here's my <laughs> thinking. So this is not the first time they've mm. tried to go on block. So previous efforts have not Born any fruit, obviously. Uh, So the previous effort actually had no bidders. So in that fashion or in that lens, right, you could think, hey, this might be the best they could get. But at the same time, it is an attractive location. um, And you also have the incentives rolled out by the government because it's a conservation site or building so it does have some sweetness attached when it comes to what they can do and can't do and some um, of the incentives to help them make it a better property Um, so that's going to be part of the package as well so it is going to be quite tough to call because at the same time despite all the positive reasons it comes down to a lot of people because you have so many people involved it's a strata title. Um, with over 700 units. So all of them have to agree. And I think some of them are actually quite comfortable staying where they are. So you have a lot of um, people who will have a tough decision in the coming days.
1: A lot of conversations to be had at Golden Mile Complex. uh, Far East Perennial uh, put down an offer. 700 million is what they're looking at. Okay, next up in the corporate property market, I'm going to turn to Tanglin Shopping Centre. When's the last time you went to Tanglin? Hmm,
0: I think it was last year. But I don't really frequent that part of the Orchard Road stretch
1: Oh, really? Much. Oh, that's interesting. Um, City Development selling Tanglin Shopping Centre. How is it making up from the sale?
0: Okay, so here's where it's interesting, where they are talking about getting a significant gain from that sale. And that sale was at... million or around $2,769 per square foot per plot ratio. And this was to the Tanoto family. And there are no clear indications of exactly how much it will make, but it says it's going to be significant. So it's going to be using the money it will get to recycle and reallocate its capital in line with what it says will be its overall strategy, um, and it also complements his strategic review of his unit M&C hotels, Millennium and Copton hotels, after mm. its delisting. So it's got a lot happening. So we could be in for another M&A deal in time to come.
1: All right. Let's zoom out to the US markets now. Ryan, investors sold off overnight. What is the narrative dominating this market? Was it profit-taking after several days of gains about that inverted yield curve that we mm. dissected yesterday? Or was it something else, do you think?
0: Yeah, it could be so many reasons. And I will put profit-taking right up there at the top of the list because we have so many mixed messages coming out from the Ukraine-Russia conflicts. Mm. Uh, Among them is how you've got Russia saying it will redeploy troops to take full control of Donbass. And that's after giving mixed messages around how those um, negotiations have been positive, even though they resulted in no breakthroughs. And they talk about... Uh, pulling back some of their troops from some parts of Ukraine. And then you have also the US saying Vladimir Putin has been misinformed by his advisors around how his military has been performing and the actual effect of sanctions. So we've got that happening. Also, the breakaway Georgian region of South Ossetia is seeking to join Russia, potentially adding more problems with another front to the conflict with the West. Then if you look at the coming day, you've got some events to watch out for. That includes the OPEC meeting, which will be an interesting one to watch with what's happening with prices these days um, and also what's happening with the Ukraine war. So that's two of the reasons. And a third reason is renewed jitters around Chinese US-listed firms. So Baidu is one of the latest names to be added to the um, list of companies which face a delisting if the US regulators are unable to get hold of their auditor's work to review it. So that is, that is alongside FUTU Holdings, Nocera, ITE and Cassie Pharmaceuticals, um, all of them adding to renewed jitters that we might see things take a turn for the worse. And uh, also worth noting, we did see oil prices go up again overnight after a two-day slide. So that, was one of the apparent reasons which caused a bit of concern around inflation and economic growth. But it's worth noting in the past hour, we did get some breaking news from the US that um, Joe Biden is talking about releasing some of its strategic reserves. Uh, This is around 1 million barrels a day from US reserves for several months. And this is to combat rising gasoline prices and supply shortages. Uh, So it's doing some... Good in terms of easing oil prices right now. And I am looking at oil prices um, marginally down right now by, or rather it's quite a bit down, by 4% for WTI, now at 103. Brand crude was uh, is now down at 109. So that is playing out and it is also turning futures for Wall Street into the green as well.
1: Investors and will all of us really continue to be concerned about the impact of rising prices? A survey out this morning, actually, by Associated Press, though, shows that inflation has not affected corporate profits. U.S. companies, at least, have so far succeeded in passing off higher costs. To the rest of us, fill us in. Yeah, This has been
0: the big question. We are, of course, um, quite aware of how Prices of many things have been going up, including what businesses have to pay for wages, for raw ingredients. The big question has been, how much have they can they pass it on to consumers? And in the US at least, it seems like they have been able to do so by quite a bit. So that has resulted in corporate profits for many of these big multinationals and US companies um, doing quite well in the most recent quarter. And that is seeing, for example, the likes of Starbucks being able to raise prices once in October and then again in January. And if you go by the commentary, it looks like many of them are quite confident enough to continue to raise prices. And maybe one of the factors is how over the past COVID-19 stretch, where people have just been saving up, not going out as much, they are doing a bit of revenge spending. So the spending power is there in some sense or some extent. So that's been able to absorb some of those higher prices.
1: All right. So corporate profits still pretty flush. Time for corporate news. And for this, let's turn to our game, Up or Down. We're going to open our book, see whether it's an up or down for Ryan or me when it comes to these companies. And we're starting with Apple. Pretty hard to call this one. Mm, I'm going
0: down and that's around headlines apple as well as meta gave user data to hackers who used forged legal requests so they were fooled Uh, it's a bit early for april's fools but they were fooled (laughs) big time and you can only imagine the repercussions of what's going to be coming from regulators the backlash from users no why did you give away my data
1: I love it when we disagree, Ryan. So I'm going to give Apple stock an up. Yes, on the one hand, we have that news that Meta and Apple have given away consumer data to hackers. The hackers, by the way, were posing as police enforcement. On the other hand, analysts at Bank of America say that demand for the iPhone is strong. So I don't like the data hack. It's a bad look, I think, for Apple and Meta. But I think investors are still going to focus on sales. And that's why I'm giving Apple stock an up. Let's look at Meta.
0: All right, Meta also in the mix with that negative headline. Um, On top of that, it's got another negative headline to grapple with. And this is around how it apparently paid Republican consultants to smear TikTok as it tried to just... Well, play dirty. So it's not looking too good in terms of optics for Facebook.
1: Yeah, smear campaign against a rival. Meta's been engaging in this. It's a down for me on the back of that news. More tech companies for you. Up next, Google and Amazon. Okay, Google and
0: Amazon. I am going with down. And this is around news. It Both of them have bankrupted a activist group of small business owners to lobby against big tech oversight. Of course, we've been seeing headlines how regulators have been trying to clamp down on big tech. And here you have some news that they have been trying to fight against it by paying, effectively, money to grassroots organisations to go against the regulators.
1: Again, a down for me, Google and Amazon bankrolling this small activist group of businesses to lobby against big tech oversight. It just seems underhanded to me. Let's look at Changi Airport.
0: All right, Changi Airport is an up for me. And that is around news, it is reopening Terminal 2 in phases. And Mm. this is great news as we see more border
1: restrictions being eased and more holiday plans being made. Absolutely up for me as well. It's just a jewel. Oh, it was jumping, but I have yet to step into a terminal and use it as a terminal. So Changi Airport plans to reopen Terminal 2 this year in stages following a two-year closure. And I'm sure many of us are cheering that piece of news. Let's turn to Singapore now. We're 25 minutes into the local trading day. Capital and Integrated Commercial Trust led the market higher yesterday. The Straits Times Index finished up a quarter percent at 34.42, now up more than 10 percent since the beginning of the year. So how's the SDI trading this morning? And is it adding on to yesterday's gain?
0: Yeah, it's worth noting the STI is on a six-day winning streak and it is pushing very close to near four-year highs after that run. And here you have quite a cautious start. Rather flat right now, just slightly underwater by 0.03%, 3,441. And this is seeing the STI pretty split across the middle. At the bottom, we have Dairy Farm down 1%, followed by Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust, Venture, Hong Kong Land, and Maple Tree Logistics Trust. And looking at um, the top of the table, Capital DC REIT is up by 0.8%, followed by Maple Tree Industrial Trust, Johnny Matheson Holdings, Thai Beth, and Yang Jijiang.
1: All right, before we go, I want to turn back to the story that everyone is still talking about across media networks all over the world. Will Smith's slap of Chris Rock, the slap that was heard around the world, uh, originating at the Oscars. Will Smith went onto the stage, slapped Rock, after the comedian made a joke about the actor's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Ticket prices for a Chris Rock show overnight jumped as fans hoped that Rock would talk about the incident. So just how much were fans willing to pay for the show and and did Rock talk about the incident?
0: I think we saw this coming, right? He would be (laughs) a winner from all the attention and it is paying off. His next show coming up after the back of all the drama is getting a lot of attention and people are looking for tickets to that show. Uh, So prices initially were as low as $40 $40 before everything happened. Uh-huh. And now we are seeing prices asking for $444 all the way up to
1: $1,705. So people are cashing in on the drama. Yes, because they wanted to hear Rock you know, address what had happened to him. Uh, he did give them a little bit of a teaser. He said, I'm still kind of processing what happened. This is according to leaked audio from the show itself. I'm sure there'll be more to come in the days ahead. You know what I say? No pain, no gain. Do you know how painful it is to be slapped? <laughs>
0: Well, it's paying off.
1: You know, Will Smith is a big guy, but you're absolutely right. Ryan Huang there. This is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you for your company. Before
0: acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.